Welcome into the Garage Talk podcast. It is episode four, and we have Kelsey and Troy from Weekend Beer Company here in Grants Pass. And my cousin actually suggested that I talk to the two of you. Uh, so thanks to Gretchen for that. Gretchen's going to be uh, doing an event at your guys' place. But more so than that, she said, you know, they, they're, they're very cool people. You should definitely talk to them. Not only are they doing some cool stuff downtown in Grants Pass, but also you both served in the military. Yeah. So Gretchen's, it was awesome that she recommended us for, um, to come on. Um, and yeah, we're, we just started a new business, uh, weekend beer company, uh, last November. Um, and so we've been open a little over 10 months now. Um, yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming over. I appreciate you coming out with uh, the invite because you never know how people are going to feel about going to a complete stranger's house. So, uh, <laughs> it was nice to have you guys pull up while I was recycling some boxes and get out with some cold refreshments. And we're going to talk a little bit about what you guys are at. Well, a lot about what you guys are up to at weekend beer company. Uh, but do you guys want to do the honors? Normally I would pass out refreshments yeah. to my guests, but because you guys own a brewery, you showed up with a whole table full of <laughs> beverages. So I'm going to let, you guys take care of this. You're the experts. And I mean, I do have a fridge behind me, but I'm just going to leave it up to you guys and, okay. and you can decide where we want to start and, and where it goes from there. Yeah. All right. Try. Well, we got them all lined out. So, uh, the first one we're starting out with is our weekend IPA. It's our flagship IPA. Oh, that's a good sound right there. Yeah. yeah. Coming through loud and clear. So yeah, we've got 19 ounces of that. It's yeah. Gonna be awesome. So it's a Northwest IPA. Um, Nice multi or backbone, really well balanced. Um, it's been fun and it's really been well received. Um, IPA. So here you go. There you are. Thank you, sir. I'll wait till we get that third one. We'll do a little cheers and then we'll we'll be officially ready to go. Might not have done that the best, but here we go. <laughs> I like how you made sure she got her fair <laughs> share. All right, here you guys go. Here we go. Cheers. Hey, cheers. cheers. Too much success with uh, Weekend Beer Company. Let me go ahead and take a sip here. Yeah, yeah I could do a couple of those. Yeah. It doesn't hurt my feelings one bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we can uh, sit back, relax a little bit, and uh, get comfortable. And where do you guys want to start? I think it'd be nice to learn a little bit about the two of you because I really don't know you guys um, at all. So yeah. I feel like maybe by the time you leave here, we'll have a pretty good understanding of, yeah. of where we're at and what you guys have been up to. I know that you uh, definitely... We're both in the army. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah right. Both. Yep. So, um, I guess start farther back than that. Um, so I'm a Grants Pass kid. Uh, grew up in Grants Pass. Went to Grants Pass High School. Um, graduated Grants Pass and then went to West Point, the United States Military Academy. Um, and congratulations. Yeah. That's and so that's awesome. where I met Troy. Um, we were friends for a while and competitors, yeah. and then eventually. It blossomed into more and then um so yeah we met at the academy and then um our first duty station just kind of a background we went to alaska first well actually georgia for training and then alaska sure, was yeah, where the first duty yep. station so you both went to the same place yeah yeah, yeah it was actually a little bit by chance yeah. but um that's what i was wondering yeah. because <laughs> that yeah. doesn't always work out that way right no it doesn't um and we weren't married or engaged at the time and um i guess she just got lucky is yeah. what it comes down to so. i think troy actually wanted to <laughs> or go did you get somewhere lucky? else yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a combo you know. anyways it worked out <laughs> we loved alaska we had a great time up there 
Um, while we were up in Alaska, we did one tour to Afghanistan for 12 months. Yeah. Uh, Troy was an infantry officer. I was a military intelligence officer. Really? Yeah. And so, That's cool. Yeah. Saw some cool stuff. Um, actually, another podcast that came out. Yeah, I don't know if you followed the serial, um, but that was our deployment where Bo Bergdahl went missing. Yeah, so he was in our unit, and we and got to respond so, to that. And, well, hold on a second. Now I got the chills over here, <laughs> and I'm really curious to hear more about this. I don't know how much you can talk about that, but... Yeah. I, so you, you're all Enough. in the same... What do you call it again? We were in the same brigade, brigade. so 4,000 people. Okay, mm-hmm. but still, I mean, yeah. 4,000 people, you all go overseas, and then all of a sudden, yeah. he goes missing? He goes missing. Um yeah, I mean, what it was changed it? Our, like four months in our yeah, deployment ended up or something changing like our that. careers quite a bit. Oh, um, why is that? Um, so I was working like a kind of a menial intel job at the time, and then I got pulled up to the brigade headquarters to help lead the intel effort to try to find him. And um, and then Troy got assigned to a different. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in the battalion next door to him, so and I was the scout sniper for platoon leader. So we were the first, obviously, to, to jump on a bird and go go put a, in a blocking position where we thought he was or would be moving through. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Kelsey and mine's experience were completely different. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she got pulled up, and then, you know, I got kicked out is what happened. So kicked out to the field, go set up a position, sit out there for 10 days, get in little firefights, and, uh, you know, Little did we know what they were doing was trying to keep us off balance and, you know, get around us. And, you know, a couple of days later, there was a bunch of us, a bunch of different units out there, you know, trying to find him. Um, you know, every asset in Afghanistan got pushed to find him. Uh, so, you know, the, definitely our unit. And, uh, and I'm proud to say that we, we did everything we could to find him. And um, Now, refresh my country. memory. He's the one that disappeared on purpose. Is, is that the yeah, right one? So, because I know there was a couple of different situations and I, I just want to make yeah. sure I'm thinking of and, the and right one. And that's actually kind of the, the controversial part is... Yeah, was it on purpose? Did he walk off or did he... Was he abducted Or was he abducted or, or was Because he you guys didn't traitors? know? No, no, of course not. No. I mean. um, there was different reporting that was coming out. I, yeah. I can't get into too much of the, the details on it, but there was different reporting that it was coming out on... Um, and he had a pretty dysfunctional unit that he was part of that was struggling. Yeah, it was a small leader. At least leaders. that's the report that it was. I mean, yeah. it's hard to say. We weren't there, and you know, one person's you know, so, yeah. view of dysfunction is not necessarily, you know, another's. So. Yeah. Now, refresh my memory. How long was it before they figured out where he was? Uh, well, I mean, we were constantly finding no, out where he was. Yeah, but, but when they actually brought him home, was yeah, several years. Several was it five I, years. Six? I thought it was a while, but yeah, I, five, I, I, I get confused with the couple He was pretty emaciated by the time he came back. It was 2009, so what was it, like 15? Well, I mean, he, maybe six well, years when I was or something in like D.C. That. when he... Yeah, so I think it was 2015 that we got him back. Wow. Um, what yeah. an interesting situation to have happen when you're over there, because obviously there's a lot of different deployments that happened, but to be there and kind of be a part of that situation that got national attention yeah, has to be... Sure. A little I bit mean, different no, it, perspective it, it, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was two years into our, you know, being an officer, so. Yeah, and all of a sudden I was briefing three-star generals yeah. on what I thought the, the activity was, where we thought he was going to be, right. where intel reporting was coming out of. There's a lot of false reports that were coming out, and so you're trying to weed through everything um, to see, 
you know, where he was. Anyways, we're kind of getting sidetracked on a little thing. But, yeah, it was an interesting part of our kind of a career that kind of changed and shaped who and what we were. Yeah. So both of you are over there, and how often did you guys get to see each other? With there being 4,000 people, was it on a regular was, basis? or No, I think we saw each other three times in a year. Three times, And yeah. one, one time was at my base, yeah. Fob Tillman, where I was a company XO later. And uh, she came in, and I was... They, the bird didn't even touch down. I was standing on some rocks, pushing machine guns into the <laughs> helicopter, and she was grabbing them. And then I was grabbing maps from her, you know, because yeah. uh, you know we were they were you know bombing. We just kind of waved at, the, at each other. You know, we were getting artillery rounds at the same time. We were engaged at this point. That's, yeah. see, that's what I was yeah. going to ask and you so, because we haven't really touched on that yet. Yeah. Where are we at in the relationship? And so yeah. you are engaged. You're yeah. in the same country. You're in the same general area. Yeah, we've but, been together three or four years at this point. Yeah, I mean, we we had a pretty big mountain pass that was between us, but yeah, you know, we we're a good ways away. Yeah. So then, what happens when you finally get to come home? What year is that? It's 2010, um, and then we got married that summer, um, um, actually in Sun River, Oregon. Right, um, beautiful came back place. Home. Yeah, yeah was it was awesome. Um, and then uh, we stayed up in Alaska for a little bit longer, and then we both went on to training. I went to Arizona, where the Intel training is, and Troy went to Georgia. Yeah, so we split for about almost a year. Yeah. 11 months, I think, is what Split it was. as in you're just apart from each yeah, other? It was, yeah, yeah. It was hysterical, yeah, so. though. When they were moving <laughs> our stuff out of our house in Alaska. I think the movers thought we were getting divorced because oh, like, we had sticky awkward. notes all over everything. Yeah, this goes to Georgia. This goes to Arizona. Arizona. And, like, <laughs> like, his whoa. and hers. And, like, this is awkward. They were like, yeah. and then it wasn't until partway through the day they finally figured out that yeah, we were just yeah, yeah. military going to two different locations. Yep. And so then how long were you at two different locations? Uh, almost, almost a year. year. Almost 11 a year. 11 months, I think. Yeah. And then we went so to we went to some different schooling. I went to some additional infantry schooling and some schooling on strikers because we we were going to a striker unit afterwards. Um, and then uh, she was doing all of her intel training and um, yeah yeah. And then we went to Fort Lewis, Washington, so just up the road, you know, yeah. Olympia, Lacey, mm-hmm. Washington, six hours down the road. Yeah, we got to get back here to Grants Pass all the time, which was awesome. Her family's here. And uh, I think that's when I first kind of fell in love with Grants Pass, too, because I'd spent a little bit of time here, but I'm from Texas. So, you know, heat, humidity, and flatness is is what I know. <laughs> um, and so it was great, you know, coming down here and seeing how awesome of an area this is. And, yeah, changed my perspective on the north, the Northwest for sure. So how much longer were you in the military? When did you guys get out? After that, seven more years still. Okay. And yeah, so, so we were did a total both? of 10 years yeah. yeah. Which thank you by the way for your oh. service. I meant oh, to no, say that great. starting off, it. but I got yeah, sidetracked. You yeah. you said a lot of tall cans I know. out here. So yeah. I want to make sure I say that once, twice, maybe three times before you go. So it's definitely appreciated. And um okay, so let me back up just a little bit. So seven more years, you're both stationed. Up yeah, north we went to Fort point. Lewis and we were in the same brigade again, so four thousand people. And uh, we finagled that. It, that one we we yeah. worked hard point, to get that. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, yeah, we worked married, really though. hard to stay together. Yeah. Um, Did you have a little pull at that point where you? Can no, we have zero pull because no, we've, we've only been in three years. <laughs> so how do you make that happen? Captains. I want to know what the secret is. So she actually got pushed to the unit I wanted to go so to. So I was going to the infantry brigade, and I was, and I was going into an intelligence brigade, which is crazy because we're the opposite, you know. Yes. But there's those people in there. So I was going to go be like a, a reconnaissance, which would have been a great job, but it just wasn't 
what I wanted to do at the time. Well, mm-hmm. And um, we also at this point know that if you're not in the same unit, you're going to get on off-cycle deployments. And so when you're a dual military couple, yeah, so there's a lot of like games that you're playing. Like if you year. end up off-cycle, then one of you deploys, then the next one deploys, and you're like high-fiving. So you paths. just spent two years yeah. apart. Yeah. Um, and so... So yeah, it's important for us to get to the same spot and make sure. Yeah. And it was a way, way better opportunity to go to where she was going. And luckily that brigade commander, that Fulbright colonel had come down to Fort Benning, Georgia, where I was at the time when we were, you know, split up. And he was uh, recruiting. Well, actually he was, actually he was giving uh, briefings on uh, all oh. of the intelligence assets and the technology that we were using now in a striker brigade combat team. And, uh, and for those who don't know what that is, strikers, uh, the multi-wheeled vehicle. So that, you know, four wheels on each side, eight wheeled vehicle, the modern mechanized um, infantry. Okay. Yeah, a little bit different. You know, mechanized is, is the Bradleys and yeah. stuff. But um, but anyways, it's a light uh, armor vehicle. moves very quickly. can go on any kind of terrain uh, sort of thing. It's an amazing vehicle, really. But uh, he came down and gave a brief on that, and I was in the audience. Like, Man, I have got to get on this guy's, in this guy's unit, especially because my wife's there. But we were, you know, this Colonel Getchell, we were like, Man, this guy, he's he's something. He's, he's the leader I want to be with when I go downrange next time. And so I just beelined over to him before he got in his car to leave and i said hey i'm coming to you i don't know how you're gonna get me there but my wife's coming to your unit i'm sure you've seen on her gains roster i want to be there um and he said hey um write down your name and i think i wrote it down like a sticky note or maybe a business card or something gave it to him next thing i knew my orders got changed and uh just like that huh? yeah he made it happen yeah um isn't that something though just yeah. deciding to to run across there and catch up with them yeah, yeah. probably changed the course of history, really right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, and so then we ended up deploying with that unit, and we deployed together. Yeah. Um, we actually unit. lived together. For, yeah, we lived in a little uh, container, shipping container, uh, for, what, five months together? Five Sounds months together. cozy. Yeah, it was. Super it was, cozy. Yeah. We had our two twin beds pushed <laughs> yeah. up together. A little 20-footer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know people are using those now and remodeling yeah. them yeah. for tiny houses. Oh, but, yeah. But you guys actually lived in one of those overseas, and where were you at this point? We were in southern Afghanistan, uh, an yeah. area called Panjway. Um, Kandahar so, area? Kandahar. Oh, yeah. joy. Yeah. yeah. Outside of Kandahar. So. Yeah, south of Kandahar. So our brigade was everything south of Kandahar all the way to uh, the Pakistani border. And what year was this? 2012, and we left in 13. Okay. Yeah. So, so what was it for, like in that time period, being over there? Ooh, so different. Yeah. I mean... And how so? So we went from being in the mountains the first time and... Uh, you know, you were fighting like very long engagements. So most of the time the enemy didn't want to get within, you know, maybe like a kilometer or so of you. So they would, a lot, or, a lot more harassing fire. Uh, when you get down into Panjway, Southern, Southern Afghanistan, it's, uh, it's grape grows and it's marijuana fields and poppy fields. And that it's, it's more more the, the drug uh, sort of culture if you will, a growth kind of exists in Afghanistan. So you've probably heard of like Helmand province where we send the Marines Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know, the British were there a lot and what the Brits were trying to take out, you know, mostly marijuana poppy, that sort of thing that was making their way to Europe. Um, we were in the area right next door to it, which was very similar. And, uh, so that one you're fighting engagements that are only, you know, several yards away because you're, it's grape rows. So it's, little tiny hills in a little field and uh people are ducking behind it and trying to take out pot shots or mm-hmm. you know it was uh, everything was ieds at the time um 
so they always have, ideas. They have like, different irrigation, and so they sure. the grape rows are like almost chin high on me, maybe or yeah, maybe, maybe chest high. Or chest chest high. high. Chin high. I know. And Couple so they they flood the fields in between on these rows. So I, I thought it might explain the grape row because even though we come from an area that has tons of grapes around yeah. here, so provides you really won't ever cover, see that. But it's you know, like if you want to ambush it's like somebody, a field which, full of trenches. Yeah, which they, yeah, it's just a big field full of a bunch of trenches. And it's one after another. So you're in the engagement, you're fighting from trench to trench to trench, um, which luckily, you know, we weren't really in that engagement. We were in, on the staff. So we were planning uh, the offensive maneuvers and, and the such that we were going to do. And we were, you know, she and I were briefing mostly the generals that would come into town. The, we were under third infantry division. So General Abrams would come into town and uh, Kelsey and I, I would brief the, the operations side and Kelsey would brief the intelligence side. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. We got to work together and we always worked together very well and yeah. we knew we always wanted to work together. So, yeah. What a unique situation yeah. when you think about not just being in the military and being a part of what, what separate the two of you, whether it's one of you or the other, you know, separate what that would be like, but then to put both of you over there. And then how unique is that situation where you have a couple that's over there in the same place, able to live together and be a part of the same thing. How often does that even happen? Yeah, it, I don't I mean, think that's, it's got it doesn't to be pretty, happen quite. It, it happens. It does but, happen, but not often. And, no. uh, because and, you think and about and the people that a lot of them are, don't want to work together either. Sometimes, like we sure. fought to work together. Yeah. Um, just, what a great cool. learning experience, yeah. though, because you don't have kids no. at this point, yeah. and no. you're over there. You're you're doing some hard work for sure. Uh, very taxing on the mind, I'm sure. Yeah. Being over there, at least from my perspective, it would be. And then to be over there and have to work together, I'm sure that had to benefit you down the road, I would think, being able to work through some of those situations. Because if you're in the middle of a war and you're in Afghanistan and you can figure out how to work through things, then you would think later on down the road when you're trying to figure out who's going to take out the trash or who drank the milk out of the milk jug, <laughs> yeah. then it's not that big of a deal. The yeah. things that people worry about and we fight yeah. over sometimes sure. in our daily yeah. lives and you step back from it and look at it and go... Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? It gives you, yeah, yeah, different quite perspective. a perspective. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we still fight over the trash. Don't, don't. Well, that's gonna, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna happen. Anyone who doesn't yeah. think it's a work in progress yeah. is kidding themselves. And yeah. it's funny when, well, it's not funny, but I've been married for, oh, great, what year is it? Thirteen years. Yeah. And so, you know, I talked to some of my friends that have only been married for a year or two, and you know, they get into a little bit and. And they realize, oh, yeah, I got to work at this a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah yes, yeah. you do. Which yeah. is fine as long as you embrace it and you're willing yeah. to be open-minded, very open-minded at times, and it works just fine. But yeah. uh, but that's cool that you guys were able to experience that together and, more importantly, make it home yeah. safe and sound because, yeah. obviously, as you guys know and and really everyone knows, there's a lot of people who didn't make it home. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Some of sure. our classmates and our peers. Yeah. yeah. We've lost quite a, a few along still the way. Out there. A lot of those guys still out there fighting. There's a real fight still happening. I don't, you know, we have a, our, our national guard unit is deploying here next month. I just month. saw that. Yeah. yeah. And the base, one of the bases that they're going to just got hit by two uh, vehicle IDs this week. So the, the one in Somalia. So it's one of those things, you know, while this war has been going on for, you know, 18 years now, um, there's guys still in harm's way. And I think we forget that. Um, we forget there's guys that are willing to go out there even after 18 years and continue to fight and continue to push uh, to uh, you know protect our way of life. I mean, 
people want to debate whether the war's you know something that is uh, you know that we should or shouldn't be doing. It doesn't matter to be honest with you because I would much rather we fight that war on somebody else's terrain than we fight that war here yeah. any day of the week. And I can tell you from being there as much as we were. <sighs> that we would be fighting that war here if we were not fighting it there. See, and it's important to hear that because we're so insulated from that being here. We see the news, but a lot of people choose not to look at it or they just become numb to it after a while. I think everyone's probably guilty of that to a certain extent, but to hear you say that as someone who was there, and I've heard a couple of different people who have served in the military say the same thing. Like you have a choice to make. We either sit around and do nothing or we take the fight to them. And trust me, if we didn't take the fight, just like you just said, it's yeah. going to come to us. We yeah. saw it come to us already. And yes, everyone has their own feeling on it. But to hear it from people who are on the ground there fighting the fight, digest that and then make your decision. Because sure. th- that's, I mean, you're the eyeballs on the ground. Yeah. Well, and I, you and know. I think and a lot of people lose the, the the fact that we're not just over there, you know, yeah. uh, hurting people. Right. So we're not just over there you know, killing the bad guys and, you know, whatever you want to see. That's what you've seen in the movies, right? We're over there actually helping build schools, uh, making sure that, you know, women have a more advanced position in that society, uh, making sure they get education. Uh, I mean, most of the time we were there, we were working with, uh, you know, all all kinds of different three-letter agencies that were there to help build the agriculture, that were trying to uh, uh, build their education and, you know, their capability as a country to stand on their own. So, um, it's not just a war that we're fighting over there. It's we're actually trying to help that society uh, progress so that we don't have to fight a war yeah. there. And I don't think people understand true poverty in this country. I mean, I'm sure there's some people oh, that are sure, but that are definitely struggling in this country. But when you see like a soldier accidentally drops a gum wrapper, and the sol- or the children are scurrying after a gum wrapper to go pick up that and then the next week you see it like plugging a hole somewhere on one of their compounds or I mean there is there isn't trash in Afghanistan because it's all used yeah that's incredible Uh, and I mean we don't have a full until you've gone to one of the uh, like a country that you know is in that kind of situation you don't have a full understanding of what true poverty is and how tough things really can be yeah, and I imagine it's hard for people um, like the two of you to go over there, put yourself in harm's way, and then to come back. And I know this can be kind of a touchy subject, but I'll say it because I can. Um, to come back and see people who aren't grateful and who talk in a negative way about our servicemen and women because you guys are putting yourselves out there you know, every day, your body on the line, and trying to do a good thing trying to do the right thing, what we all think is the right thing, or those who decide to serve, and help rebuild and do all these things only to not be appreciated and then to see people who continue to talk bad about our country. And that's the thing I have the biggest struggle with, and I don't want to make it political because that's not what this is about, and I want to stay as far away from politics as I possibly can because I feel like that's part of our problem. And again, this is my two cents. I, I hate that there's two sides fighting with each other, it drives me crazy. I think they've all let us down. But that's my personal take on it. When you see people say, this is a horrible place, you know, death to America, I'm thinking, okay, I, yeah. I can walk out in my front yard every day and not really worry about a whole lot. Yeah, there's some weirdos out there. Sure. 
But for the most part, we're in a pretty safe place. It's the land of opportunity. We can sit in my garage on a weekday evening and have a cold, delicious, refreshing beverage from the weekend beer company and not really worry about a whole lot. If you want to work, there's work to be had. And so that's kind of my long-winded rant on the whole thing. But it's just frustrating to me to see people like yourselves go over there and, and try and keep us safe only to have people you know, run down yeah. the country and what we have going. And I will say, I was actually surprised how positive the reception has been. Yeah, and I mean, there, every once in a while, someone will say something that just rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, um, that, that's an ignorance and thing. It, and yeah. And it's, but, no, nobody know if you don't know, you, you're, you're kind of in a position of ignorance and, uh, you know, yeah. it's unfortunate. The, but. the part that I found so amazing, so my first deployment, I returned, I came back through Maine in the middle of the night um, and it's pretty exciting the first time you're like back on American soil. Like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a good feeling. Like you really do want to kind of kiss the soil kind of feeling. Oh yeah. Um, that happens. <laughs> and so we come back and we're in Maine in the middle of the night, Bangor, Maine. And the air, this little small town airport is full of primarily Vietnam and Korean vets wow. in the yeah. middle of the night clapping and giving you their cell phone guys that didn't get a good reception they had making sure like we didn't get the same us. thing which was amazing i mean it was amazing it was so amazing and i guess the part that i mean we're kind of spoiled where um the vietnam and korean vets made such an effort to make sure that we did get a good reception home mm-hmm. um and they go out of their way to still kind of check on a lot of the you know the newer vets oef and oif vets and it's really um i mean i i can't even i'm not describing it to what it was it was so amazing at two in the clock in the morning you know having all these people clapping for you and then literally giving you the cell phone to call home so you can tell your parents you're on american soil yeah i mean it was cool yeah that's like Man, that made me get a lump in my throat for a second there. I actually grabbed the box of tissues <laughs> earlier because I had a, you know, the the runny nose from it cooling down outside. But when you said that about the Vietnam vets that didn't get a warm reception, knowing that they were there for you guys, that is, it, it was that is cool. amazing. And that's people just don't hear about that stuff enough. And you know, I, I'm sure if you asked a Vietnam vet, they'd be like, ah, we don't care if anyone knows we did it or not because that's not who they are and what yeah, they're yeah, all about. No, yeah. But to know that they did that is that's just awesome. Yeah, it's so it was cool. Really cool. So then, uh, so you guys come back, and yeah. then what happens after that? Uh, so at that point, we're in the middle of command, so we both have a company. Um, so we're juggling two commands, um, and then uh, we get our next assignment. And so uh, we head off to D.C., which is yeah. complete opposite of what oh, yeah. we had been doing. So we had been down at like the small tactical level. And all of a sudden, we're up at the strategic level. Does that have anything to do with the intelligence side of it that you were in? Yeah, so I really had wanted to get... So I had done tactical intelligence, and I really wanted to get more on the strat side. Strategic. Sorry, strategic side. And And for people who don't know, what does that mean exactly, the strategic side? Little little picture versus big big picture. So you're worried about countries on the strategic side, not... Where tactical side, you're talking, you know, small unit movements... Um, for the intel side. And so when you start playing at the strategic level, you're dealing with the three-letter agencies, NSA, CIA, um, State Department, all of those guys have a major um, hand in all of it. 
and so it's it's a different um, type of intelligence and um, some people have more of a knack for one or the other, but they encourage you kind of to make sure that you get both in your career. And so I had done back-to-back tactical positions, which were low-level, working for an infantry unit. And so I, we decided to try DC, which um, it was very interesting. I ended up becoming a, I was a general's aide there, so I worked for a two-star general. Now, are you at Pentagon? So I was not at the Pentagon. I was regularly going so, to the Pentagon. To yeah, supposed yeah. to be at the Pentagon. But then she got selected for another position. Should, yeah, so um, I was supposed to... I, yeah, so I was originally assigned to go to the Pentagon um, and be on the... Essentially, they have like a 24-hour operations center in the Pentagon that operates. Um, that sounded redundant, sorry. but uh, They're just always operating. They're yeah, they're just the always time. operating. <laughs> that's, so, that's what we need to know. They're just um, always operating. <laughs> And so and that's a good thing. I'm on this. Yeah. So I'm supposed to go into this 24 hour uh, watch center, and um, all of a sudden I get asked to put in a packet um, to go work for this general officer. And so an, you're an aide de camp, um, and so you're this captain that's following around this. There's if you ever see general officers, there's always like a couple officers just following them around, carrying a backpack, and essentially. They're, they're making sure they get to all their meetings. They're prepping everything for them. They're also providing a different perspective. A different right? perspective. So a lower level perspective. Because sure, general officer, you haven't been in that lower level for a long time. So yeah. um, and maybe Troy, you're not seeing the, some of the things that they exactly. would pick yeah. up on because yeah. you're too close to it or too deep into a certain yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so I get that assignment. Um, Troy had actually already been a general's aide when we were up in Alaska. Yeah. And then... Troy gets um, selected to be in the old guard, so he's working at Arlington Cemetery, um, which is yeah, really yeah. So we were cool. like the f- the funeral unit that you see doing the ceremonies, and we do you know anything with uh, uh, anything with the president of the United States or uh, the Secretary of Defense. All those different ceremonies where there's you know some guy in a uniform that's one of our guys there from the old guard. Um, what was so, that like? Totally different. <laughs> yeah. Totally different. <laughs> Lots of marching. There's that, uh, but uh, you know that that tactical side, you know that kind of becomes secondary to the ceremonial side. Um, and so, you know, our, we were in the. I was. In, there's two different battalions. One's doing more of the joint ceremonies, and then I was in the battalion that is doing uh, all of our funerals. So, we were planning and executing as like you know I was officer in charge for a few ceremonies. Uh, or funerals rather, and uh, you're making sure that those former soldiers get laid to rest uh, with the honors that they deserve. Um, and so we're planning and executing and practicing and practicing and practicing to make sure that nothing is wrong, that it's exactly perfect, and making sure it's perfect for that family. Uh, so they have a great way to remember that, uh, you know, former soldier, sailor, airman uh, as they pass away. So. Yeah, it's got to be a hard position to be in. I don't know what it was like for you, but yeah. I'm just thinking about it. I mean, you say, oh, it's it's marching. It's a lot of uh, ceremony, ceremonies and things. But to know that every time there is one, it's because someone yeah. didn't make it is. And there's there's some that more, I mean, some of them are, you know, 90 years old. But then mm. there's, you know, the tough ones when they're, they go before oh, yeah. their time or they're coming from overseas. Um, and those ones are the tough ones. Yeah, and so any any time uh, you know a, a body of a soldier would come back uh, stateside, you know we were out there on the tarmac, you know doing the ceremony. They removed that body from the bottom of the aircraft and put it into the uh, the, the Hurston, 
as you know, what moved on and then we would execute the ceremony in the next couple of days. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was surreal to, you know, be on that front side in the, on the line in Afghanistan and then see how we handle, you know, the deaths on the backside. Um, yeah, it made me feel really good about everything we were doing. So, so let's go back to where you were at this point and then how much <laughs> longer were the two of you in the military from there? So we spent almost three years, almost there three years there. In DC. Yeah. Um, and DC's, DC's a lot. Um, and we were in the military career sense, we were young to be there. Um, and you kind of see stuff before your time, if that makes sense. Because you're young. Because well, because you're young, and I mean, I mean, you're. I mean, even though you're a captain, and anywhere else, someone else is making you coffee. Now you're making the coffee, or someone even your boss is making the coffee for someone. I mean, you're you're very junior in the DC realm. But you, you get a lot of that exposure to the political side we were talking about. Yeah. Right? And, and mm-hmm. so you see, kind of. That it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't matter which political parties in you. Uh, that is in power. You see uh, the role that permanent staffers play versus elected officials and that the permanent staffers have a lot more authority than elected, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. And so, um, and when you kind of see all that behind the curtain stuff, like, I mean, I think we kind of started to just, you get that feeling where you're like, I don't know that I need to be in DC. Um, I loved, you know, all the culture and everything else that we experienced there. Oh, yeah. But yeah. seeing behind the scenes was was a lot. So was that when you guys kind of decided it's time to move on yeah, to something else and, and you get out of the military? Yeah, and yeah. so and yeah. we were struggling to get pregnant. Um, and we really wanted to start a family. And hang out here long enough, you will not have that problem. <laughs> well, we, are, we already have a six month old, so there we are. <laughs> well, if you Fast want forward. a couple more, I'm pretty sure it's in the water around here. We're speaking of <laughs> yeah. water. And well, yeah, we need to refill. Yeah. I mean, you guys own a, a brewery. And we've only sampled one, not that I'm rushing you, but we're already over halfway through this oh, thing because time just flies by. So I don't want to miss out on well, an opportunity here. To You're going to need to drink up then. All right. <sighs> All right. So this one's the Vike Pale. Okay. Um, and it was a collaboration that we did with 5440 out of Washougal, Washington. Oh, okay. Um, and the Vike or Kvike, I, I, I might be mispronouncing that. It's a Norwegian yeast that ferments at 95 degrees. And so you get a little bit more citrusy flavors out of it. I like the citrusy too. Yeah. Big fan yeah, of the nice. citrus, yeah. Um, and so it's a real easy drinking, nice pale. It's it's right in between a pale and an IPA. That's that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it calcs out of the pale ale, but it's an I, it tastes like an IPA, yeah, which is del- awesome. That is delicious. So where were we? You're getting out of the military? Yeah, so we, got, we were family in the water. Family, that's yeah. right. Yes, you have a six-month, which, by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. So. I'm so glad that this is your night out in my garage. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, grandparents have them right now, which is the other beautiful part about being home. And so we, we got to that point where we're like, um, Troy, Troy got out first. He worked for um, a large corporation. Um, he wanted to kind of test his foot in the corporate world. I stayed in for probably another six yeah, months. Another six months. Um, we wanted to stagger our get out. And um, I mean, so the corporation, Troy was working for a medical device. Yeah, no, I wor- yeah, I worked at Medtronic. So, you know, big Fortune 500 company. Um, and then uh, after almost a year there, no, right out of a year, we got my division of 10,000 people, you know, because <laughs> these are huge. Uh, and 17 factories got uh, bought out by Cardinal Health. So, um, but you know, I, it was great because it was a remote job. I was able to initially live in DC, but then 
we uh, we went down to Texas for for six weeks so Kelsey could work at a big brewery down there and really learn about the brewing at you know a large level previous to that our experience was home brewing right? so Kelsey is it you that really wanted to get into the beer world or is it, it both was, of it you? was probably both but I I actually enjoy the the yeah. mixing and the coming up with the recipes I, like I and, I've and I'm super good at that. drinking beer uh, so <laughs> I mean we all have the things that we're good at so you know I'm right there with you I <laughs> don't know a whole lot about making it and I have yeah. some friends and an aunt that's dabbled but that's all way over my head yeah I wasn't good at science class and uh, here we are talking in my garage and yeah we'll let you guys Kelsey more you uh, then Troy deal with that and we'll sit here and enjoy, yeah, enjoy the fruits it, yeah. of your labor because it well, is delicious. I will have to say though, I am not the head brewer for weekend beer company. So our business partner, uh, Brandon Cruz and then his wife, Ashley are, um, but Brandon is the brewer. And so he actually has commercial experience. Um, yeah, but he's, a, he's a real pro, you know, he, he went over to England and studied in England how to become a brewer and then came back and was brewing what rock bottom up in Portland. And then, he uh, helped Climate City start up. Uh, he was the head brewer there for almost two years mm-hmm. and then went to Wild River for a little bit. And then we were fortunate to partner with, you know, that family with the Cruises. Uh, and so How did that, that come about? Did you guys know them already or was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, so I've known Brandon and Ashley since middle school, which is a, a long time to know someone and then later on go into business with them. Um, so middle school was where? A North Middle School. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cave Cub. On the yeah. other side of town. Yeah, the other side of town. Um, the other side of the river. <laughs> yeah. My brother went to South, so, you <laughs> yeah. know. I'm not going to hold it against you either way, just because we live on the South Side of the yeah. River. Yeah. But, but he went to Air Force Academy, so the education yeah, might yeah, not yeah. be just so, as good. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I met Brandon in middle school. I met Ashley during the middle school time frame, but um, actually she was on the other side of town. So... Um, met her through church um, and she was a year ahead of us Brandon and I um, and Brandon and I had stayed in contact um, throughout the years and he was actually when we were up in Alaska right. he was already up in Alaska um, going to school up there at um, University of Anchorage or Alaska Anchorage, Alaska Anchorage yeah. and did you get to see him when you were up there yeah you guys, so, so I'd go over to his, his sister house and his brother-in-law's house and they were home brewing over there and I'd go try their beer and they would give me a meal because I mean I was kind of bachelor bachelorette living at that time he was still in a bunch of schools down in Georgia and so I had about six months um, up there where they were like the only home-cooked meals I was getting for a while <laughs> and so and then hey, that, that home brewed well. yeah food so those middle school friendships beer. are paying off yeah and, so, and then I was kind of giving him a hard time because he was kind of you know taking his time in school i mean he was on the the long path for you know kept changing majors and at least he was on a path yeah. some of us didn't make it four terms and so then he <laughs> i don't know who that would be but <laughs> i don't know either maybe the guy on this side of the table and so um yeah later on um i had been talking to him Actually, it was over, you know how we used to do um, AIM, like the instant messenger? Like, that's how long Mm, ago this was. I'm aging myself right now, aren't I? That's right. And um, I was giving him a hard time, and I was like, if you can't figure out what major you want to be, all you talk about is beer with me. Like, you should just go to brewing school. I didn't, I don't think I really knew that he was actually going to go to brewing school, but. Yeah, I think we were in Afghanistan, and all of a sudden we're like, where is Brandon at? 
Oh, he's in England. England. He's <laughs> studying in England. beer. Yeah. He's oh. overseas just doing a little <laughs> yeah. different work than what yeah. the two of you were doing. Yeah. So he went to Which brewing school. Yeah. We never talked about starting a business with him until we had already so we had already been in the planning stages. But yeah, back here at Grants Pass. And we were already in back Pass. in Grants we were looking Pass. For property. What year was this? Uh shoot, two thousand sixteen? Seventeen? Seventeen. Yeah. Early seventeen. Early seventeen. Yeah. And then that summer we um like i kind of we just had that feeling like i was like we're good on the management side the business side i'm like i'm an okay home brewer um you know where you get that kind of like we're not we don't have the full kind of package is this as good as it could be is what we kept asking ourselves is this as good as it could be and the answer was no you know i we lacked a little bit in the uh you know we'd never done any commercial brewing kelsey a little bit there for uh six weeks but and that yeah. was more just to see if I really wanted to do it. Sure. And um, and so we contacted Brandon thinking, hey, you know, the worst case scenario, he'll give us some good advice. Because at this point, he's working for Wild River? Uh, or is he still at Climate yeah, City? Yeah, he had, yes, ju- he he had just gotten to Wild River, River at that yeah. point. Okay. Yeah. And so he's working for Wild River. And so we meet up with him and Ashley and... We, it's kind of an odd conversation, yeah. but it, like it, we're hitting it off, and then they're kind of interested. Like we're talking about the business, and yeah, we're actually like a- at the Horny Goat, right? And this is in town here. We're at the Horny Goat because it's like the only thing that was open on a, a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that we started talking about was like, man, we really need to be open on a Sunday. Because nobody, there's no place to go. Yeah. On a Sunday. And I was like, and even if we have to just like brew on the weekends, like we can make this work. At least unlock the door and turn the sign yeah. on. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, in, even yeah. if we keep our day jobs, we'll just brew on the weekends and open up maybe on Saturday, Sunday kind of thing. Sure. And That's before we have the weekend name, and, by the way, so that, that's not where the name well, comes from. And so, but Ashley and Brandon are kind of making weird faces and because they had already picked out weekend as their name. And, and, and we're explaining they, to them this business plan that we have. They're in the exact same process, like step of like starting their brewery. And neither of us have any idea. You know, they're trying to start a brewery. We're trying to start a brewery. And none of us know that. But we ask so them there to meet. So when you sit down, you guys at dinner? Is that what's yeah. happening here? Yeah. And, so we're sitting at dinner and we say, hey, we got this plan, this business plan. So did you spring it on them? Or yeah. did you, so you just said you want hey, to go I to wanted dinner. To, I wanted to run some ideas by you. It was kind of what Love I that. did. I, yeah. Just yeah. really broad. That's the best way to get your foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. And so we're talking to them. And all of a sudden, like, we're realizing we're kind of all in the same, like, same stage of starting the business and like we have like the same exact vision of what we want this brewery to look and breweries come in all kinds of shapes and sizes mm-hmm. when you start actually like you like which is awesome that's it. why like wineries breweries those sorts of things you can have 15 of them right next to each other and never have the same experience that's why they they do yeah. well next to one another mm-hmm. i mean we ended up in a spot where we have three other breweries two blocks from us and uh None of them are like us, and we're not like them. And it, it makes for a great experience. When you come to that area, you can walk and bounce around between the four different breweries and have a great time. Well, it seems like that's what people like to do anyway. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It, it lends yeah. itself to the pub crawls yeah. and the tours where people hop on a bus and ride around exactly. and hit all the different breweries. So it can make for a lot of fun. And then you can kind of take the team effort approach as in, hey, we have this hub of breweries here in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people have started to notice. I've talked to a lot of people. You know, sometimes Medford, they... They're in their own world, and we're in our own world over here yeah. sometimes. But they'll say, man, we, we were over in Grants Pass. They've got breweries and things popping up everywhere. But they got yeah. some stuff going on. 
And yeah, we absolutely do. So tell people real quick exactly where you guys are. If they're listening to this podcast, they've heard us crack a couple of these open yeah. and, and they want to stop by before we get so too the, carried away. The easiest way to tell people where we are is we're across the street from Rogue Roasters because most people know where Rogue Roasters are. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a 6th Street address, but we're between 5th and 6th. Um, we call it the corner of J and 5th is really where we are. Mattress Land. Yeah, area, Mattress right Land is yeah. right there yeah, in that same block. Right behind Mattress yeah. Land. And so if, you park, if you park there, you can't help but run into our place. Yeah. So, so. And, um, you know, we've got a roll-up door on the 5th Street side that, you know, opens to um, actually the Historical Society, which we're doing um, a fundraiser for them on the 19th with your cousin. Oh, very cool. Gretchen. Yeah. 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 So Harvest Party. We've got our pumpkin ale, pumpkin pale ale coming out for the, uh, for the fall time. And... Uh, yeah, trying to raise money for you know our neighbors there at the historical site. Get people to see that they're they're there. I mean, they, they provide a great service. They have all the records in a, in a crazy barn that's right there on that property, and you would never know unless you talk to those guys yeah, and literally got a the tour archive and, for the whole county. Yeah, it's right something? there in just yeah. a cool barn, right there in downtown. You wow. never know. Well, I feel horrible saying that I haven't even been to your establishment yet, but honestly, I hadn't heard of it yet. And yeah. that's one of the reasons I wanted you guys to come over here. I'm like, man, we'll spread the word a little bit and, yeah. and talk about it and, and see what happens and help you guys grow. Because I think it's awesome, uh, not only the story of how you guys got together, but just taking the leap of faith. That's what this oh, podcast yeah. is about a lot, is shining the light on positive things that people are doing. And I love when people put themselves out there and go for it. And sometimes you fail, and that's okay. Yeah. But other times you catch lightning in a bottle and things can just take off and, and lead you in a direction you had no idea. And I think it's just cool that you guys were talking about brewing and you go to Texas and check it out. And then you have a friend from middle school and <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff. I'm learning for the first time because I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. And so it's just cool to hear about. Um, but let's get to where you guys are at right now and what's what's transpired over the last, what, is it like 10 or 11 months or so? Because yeah. you've been open about that long, and how is it going so far, and what, what was that process like for you guys? Yeah, well, so, I mean, it definitely took longer to open up than we expected. Um, I think that happens yeah, a lot, Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, they always say twice the money, three times the time. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and... Whatever, it's a lot more of everything. It's a lot more of everything than yeah. you think. Um, and so, it took a while, um... And we learned a lot about city government and a lot about the Liquor Commission. And um, and our brewery is really unique in the Southern Oregon area because we're family friendly. And so... Well, we're family friendly and we're not a restaurant. And we're not a restaurant. That's, that's the so key. So, we, yeah, we have an awesome uh, working relationship with uh, Valentino's, who a lot of people here know who they are because they put out the best burgers in... And I, th- I think in the Rogue Valley, uh, but it's not just burgers, sandwiches, does all kinds of specials. Uh, his family actually used to, Brian, his family used to own uh, Callahan's up on Mount Ashland. So oh, really? he's got all yeah. those recipes and, uh, and he's just, they're a g- great family, he and Lori, and they have great employees. And, uh, I mean, shoot, yeah. we built a it's, little so parking really lot out there and they, they're right there on our property and go out there and get whatever you like whenever you come visit so us. So it's fun. You have the food truck there. Yeah, it's really He's cool. open when we're open. And then um, we also, we have a, a kid's play area. And... Oh, time, time for another oh, pale Sorry, sorry. So. Pause. Yeah, we're break, breaking off the oatmeal pale now. If, if you want to keep talking, by oh, yeah. all means, yeah, you, can, so, you can hold it down all you want. I talk all day. But so anyways, just, we, we... Thanks, sir. The city has a lot of, like, adult use zoning. And so... Um, we wanted to be family friendly, but the liquor commission in the southern part of the state 
was not used to having breweries that didn't have a restaurant be family friendly. And so there was a lot of red tape kind of figuring that out. Um, even though it, you see it all the time in Portland or Bend, mm-hmm. it's not an anomaly at all. Yeah, even Roseburg has got yeah. them. But, you know, south of Roseburg, you didn't really see them. So. Yeah. And so it's it made it a tougher struggle to get open. But once we have been open, um, it's been really embraced by the community because, I mean, it's it's a great place to hang out and meet with people kids can literally run around they don't have to stay seated at a table there's a whole kids area sure we, we do more five and sexual birthday parties <laughs> than we do anything really? which is awesome yeah which is well, awesome because the kids want to come hang out. Us. and the parents are like uh you want to go to the brewery for your birthday yeah sign me up awesome <laughs> yeah. which is great but then on the flip side we do have a bar area where there are no kids allowed and yeah um, so it's a little bit of everything. Have activities for the kids to do if they're yeah. going to have a birthday party. How does that work? Yeah, we have like an entire kids area with kids toys and all kinds of we stuff. We have a foosball table. Foosball cornhole. table. Yeah, cornhole. I mean, what do we have like fifty something board games? I think. Yeah. So okay. adult and you know, uh, and for kids and families. And now then we've done a attention. lot of. Yeah. We've done also a lot of like fun, like holidays that normally are like more drinking holidays. <laughs> we've we've flipped them and done actually the opposite and gone more kid oriented so like new year's we had a kids party early on and where they all decorated like you know crowns and stuff and then like saint patty's day we did a um oh we had like green floats and stuff you know like Uh, yeah instead of a root beer float they were like leprechaun floats and then we did a whole treasure thing where they had to find the gold so we've done a lot of fun things that um kind of changed the image of what grants pass views a brewery to be that's cool that you guys are, I mean, I'm going to assume you're leading the way because I haven't heard of another place doing it, trying to, to, I guess, give the people in charge a better idea of what's actually happening or what can happen yeah. if yeah. they choose to allow people to, to mix, you know, the people that aren't 21. So uh, that's cool. And it gives people an opportunity to get out there and have yeah. some fun with their families. And um, I wanted to ask you, because you started to say something about the name Weekend Beer Company. Yeah. And they had the name and how did that so i want to know at that moment where you make that decision well yes we're coming together and this is what we're going with because you were talking about being open on weekends and they have the name yeah so afterwards we had a good joke about it because ashley had gone to the bathroom and she had thought maybe brandon had already told us the name because i was making so many weekend references um and so we met up with them only a couple days later actually yeah, yeah. Because we I mean, we I was like, you know, we kind of left happen, it open. So. Well, if you're interested in kind of going further with this, you know, let us know. And they called us right back. We set up something, and they're like, "Well, so we really have a name that we really like and that we want to go with." Um, actually, we've already registered it as an LLC. Um, it's Weekend Beer Company, and and I, I really liked it. I mean, it's it's a great vibe for Grants Pass. It, it fits the area. I mean, we live where people like to vacation. And thank and goodness it tells people that you're probably open on the weekend. Because yes. I live in Grants Pass, and I know that, like you mentioned, Troy, Sundays can be oh, oh yeah. yeah crickets. Yeah. So yeah. to know that you're open, and it says it right there, and obviously... Yeah, and we actually are open Wednesday through Sunday, but yeah, so five <laughs> hey, days. Take yeah. your take your yeah. weekend yeah. on the weekdays. That's yeah. allowed. And uh, but yeah, our, I mean, our, really, the the name weekends is uh, we're trying to create this concept where every day can be your weekend. So you show up at Friday at four, or excuse me, on Wednesday at four o'clock in the afternoon. 
well, shoot, that should feel like your weekend, right? You come into our place and you let your hair down, you relax. It is, it's just a place where you can be you, you can relax. We accept you for who you are, obviously. And, uh, and we enjoy your company. And, uh, and so that was really the vision and where the name weekend came from. Uh, so there's actually a quote that's on our wall that, that kind of it's, shows that. Yeah. And um, the last part of it is make every day your weekend. Yeah, make every day the weekend. Man, that's important too. I love yeah. that. I've, I'm yeah. really enjoying hearing the backstory behind that because I've had a couple of conversations recently with friends and one of my coworkers who I'm pretty close to about just attacking every day. Mm-hmm. Like it, like get the best out of today. Yeah. No matter what it is. And I even had one of those mornings this morning where I had a very full plate today and there was one thing that I, I really wanted to let myself get hung up on. And I had to tell myself, like, if you don't get hung up on it right now, you're going to be good for the rest of the day. And right then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to worry about it. And <laughs> it's today. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going after today. Like why go into today going, Oh, I guess I got to do this. I got to do this. Like, it's a completely different perspective when you just decide to attack it and yeah. go for it and just enjoy it and take it for what it is. Oh, I'm a little behind. I got stuck in White City today at the train tracks and was late. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe this is so I don't get in an accident. That's I how know. I look at things I now. Know. Like there's so many situations where you just miss this or you're yeah. in a hurry and guess what? Something bad happens. It never fails. So just to, you know, back to the whole every day is a weekend, like make it a good one. Cause that's what I think of weekends. Like, we don't have as much responsibility on the weekends. Yeah. We tend to enjoy weekends. Like, why not enjoy every day like it's the weekend? Yeah. And that's yeah. course. That's perfect. Yeah. You guys are speaking yeah. my language here. Yeah. So I'm going to get another <laughs> sip of the, what is this? The pale oatmeal? Yeah, that's the oatmeal pale ale. Yeah. And so the oatmeal kind of makes it a nice and smooth taste. It doesn't, like most people come in and they, yeah, they think, think it's, it's going to be like a dark beer or something. It, I mean, obviously it's a very light beer. But it just uh, makes it a nice, smooth pale ale. Yeah. It's tasty. You guys yeah. are hitting home runs here. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon's doing a great job with yeah. your input, of course. Right? Yeah. I mean. More, I just keep bugging him about what I want him to brew. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting to it. I think uh, he's brewing an Imperial IPA yeah, this tomorrow. week. Yeah, so. tomorrow. Yeah, those and a lot are, of people really like that. It was our big brass IPA. Yeah. And it's a big 8.5%er. Dangerous. Nice and hoppy, 85 IBU. So it's. Yeah. We had it on already once and it just. It did got not last through. long. It did not really? last. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're bringing it back. Currently, can people only get your beer at your establishment? Generally, that is the case. Um, we do distribute to a couple places, but it's kind of hit or miss, right? So we go down to Gills and Ashland. Uh, we go to Beer Works in Jacksonville and uh, Medford. Um, and so, you know, they obviously, those two businesses are constantly rotating their taps. So it's kind of hit or miss. You, you show up there, you might get one of our beers, you might not. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a permanent tap handle of black and blue up in Roseburg. Uh, we've got a couple beers going at Steak Cave Spear Garden up uh, right near the OSU uh, um, campus yeah. there, so in Corvallis. Uh, so you can get it right next to the Block 15 brewery at Caves. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, doing a, l- a little bit more here and there. We get, we get a little bit at, uh, you know, a couple of the growler houses around yeah, the area. Yeah, one and stuff winery, too. Rosella's Winery. Yeah, Rosella's Winery's almost always got our stuff on tap, which is great. So, uh, yeah, you know, right now we're just trying to get our name out, right? Get people to recognize who we are and, 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 and come see us. And honestly, we're, uh, we're brewing at such a small batch level, we can't really afford to push it out the door mm-hmm. right now. But uh, we What do did, you want to do? What do you guys see? If 
five years from now if you were just to look out there? <laughs> it's hard to say. Oh, yeah. isn't that the, the million-dollar yeah. question? But and the leap of faith like you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, because like, it takes a lot. It takes a big investment, right? You have yeah. to have more equipment, more capacity, all of these things. And some of this I'm just guessing at because I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming that's part of it. Yeah. And then what do you want to do? Because there's some people, I know one guy who has a brewery. It's pretty successful. It's one of the ones that have been around Southern Oregon for a while. And he's like, you know, I'm good. Like my beers are in some store, quite a few stores around here. He makes a decent living. Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot to worry about. He's not the biggest brewery out there, but eh, he's good. So some people want to be that guy. Yeah. Some people want to be huge. So I'm just curious what, or have you even got that far? Oh. Are you like, we want to get to this point and then see where it goes from there? I mean, I think I, I would not say anything is set in stone for sure. But um, I mean, shoot, last night we were sitting at Brandon and Ashley's house in their backyard, sitting around a campfire, drinking some of these tasty brews and having that same conversation. And it's, you just we, we want to take take life day to day and see where it kind of goes. You know, our focus right now is to be community focused. Right, so we want a cool community tap room that everybody feels comfortable in. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, six years old or, you know, eighty years old, and we, we get the full gamut, which is awesome. We love seeing that. We love seeing the blue and the white collar guys sitting out next to each other and have an awesome conversation. We, we, everything is like a German yeah. beer garden when you go in there. Beer garden tables, and you never know who you're going to sit down next to. So I've seen some of the coolest relationships happen out of that, and uh, our focus is creating that kind of community culture and uh you know creating friendships and that sort of thing and we have just we just increased our capacity a little bit here in the last month so we're up well a lot of it actually yeah we're up another 50 50 percent good for you uh, by congratulations yeah and another tank and uh it's one of those things where you know we want we don't want to outpace you know creating a cool community uh tap room yeah i mean i think we always want to be that neighborhood pub feel yeah um almost definitely but I also think, I mean, kind of, you know, Troy's and I, my military background, like you always should be improving your position and the strategy there, you should always, yeah, to a certain extent and like never get stale and, and whether that's just making a better environment or making a better experience for our customers or whether that's growing our capacity so we can get our beer out to more locations. Um, I, I think we'll just always continue to try to improve. I just, I don't know that we have aspirations or that the market even allows for huge microbreweries. Yeah, the market's to, changed a lot. You know, there's not gonna be a lot of Deschutes breweries. Because or, there's so many out there yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's I mean, a they, competitive they that, market. Yeah. But definitely room for you guys to do your thing here in yeah. Grants Pass and sure. see where it goes from there. That's well, and, cool. Yeah, we want to stay locally, community focused. And I think that's where the market is. I think that's where we want to be. Um, we want to be in Grants Pass, in the Rogue Valley, in Southern Oregon, and uh, and create an awesome space for our six-month-old to grow up to. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's important to us. So, real quick, one more time, hit on the you have a an event coming up on the nineteenth. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, Harvest Party, Pumpkin Ale is coming out. Our Oktoberfest just came out. Gretchen Owens um, and the Jake Breaks are playing yep. six o'clock. Um, at four o'clock, the Historical Society is actually going to give tours of the house that is supposedly haunted the schmidt family home mm, which will be kind of cool so four to six the home tours and then six to nine is gretchen and the jake breaks and then um all day like the proceeds from both us and a portion of the proceeds from us and valentino's the food truck are going towards a historical society 
And then you guys have an event coming up next month, correct? That's yeah. pretty important. Yeah, our one year. One year yeah. anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so November 23rd um, will be our one year anniversary. Uh, lining up a band right now. Um, before I get them, I'll wait till I get them actually booked. Till yeah, before we announce who it is. We're in negotiations <laughs> right now. <laughs> Let's put and, a little peer pressure on them yeah. to make that happen because it's going to be a cool event. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll get the band going for that. Um, hopefully have some other fun events going on at our anniversary. Hopefully a couple beer releases. Um, Brandon's got some ideas. Yeah. Um, We've got a barrel-aged beer that's getting released next month too. Yeah. going to be awesome. Boy, it's it our first like barrel-aged beer. A lot yeah. going on for sure. So, yeah. uh, real quick, hit the website. Yeah, so it's uh, www. That's three, 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 three W's. Yeah, yeah. weekendbeercompany.com. Three beverages. <laughs> it's not like we've all had three, even though it sounds like it. My wife asked me last week. She's like, I heard part of that podcast, and it sounded like a lot of crack. And I'm like, listen, we shared every <laughs> single one of those. So yeah. Say the website one more time. So it's www.weekendbeercompany.com. And we've talked so much that we didn't even make it. We only made it through half. No, of them. we missed the Belgian wit. Hey, we've got baby the blackberry I think sour. We're, I think we're good. We can probably open that back up. <laughs> we definitely Ooh, can. And yeah. the Oktoberfest. We, we even brought our sour tonight I for know, you to try. And okay. the Oktoberfest. Well, we can hang out. I we mean, might have an after party. We, yes, that may have happened last week as well. So, um, And it's a lot earlier than it was uh, last week. So real quick, I want to leave it with this. Uh, both of you served in the Army. Again, thank you for your service. I think what you guys are doing are awesome. Thanks for coming over. Uh, if you had to offer one piece of advice to people out there considering whether to take that leap of faith and go for something they've wanted to do, what would you tell them? Ooh, definitely do it. I mean, if you don't put everything out there, how we, I mean, you'll always look over your shoulder. And so at some point you got to just do it. You have to take the risk. Yeah. You have to take the risk. And it's going to make you feel kind of nauseous taking the risk, but it's a good feeling when you're on the other side. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, concise short and sweet and to the point and uh, kelsey and troy thank you so much for coming over you guys are welcome to hang out for a bit here we can try a couple more of these but we are we're about out of time we're just a hair over time yeah and i'm sure we could talk for a long time but maybe you guys will have to come back over maybe one of these times i could come down to your establishment you did say you had a garage door we do have a right? garage. so nothing says that garage talk can't be in a different garage so and our uh, and our door's bigger well, <laughs> now I have uh, door envy. Yeah. Is your door opener as quiet as mine is? Oh, no. No, no, okay. no, no. Because no. this is the... It's there for effect. This is legit Yeah. door opener. You can hardly even hear it. But uh, anyway, enough about the door opener. Thank you guys so much for coming over. And uh, make sure you get downtown Grants Pass and check it out. It's Weekend Beer Company. And uh, there's the website and all the information you need there. And I'd appreciate it if you'd rate this podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and garagetalkpodcast.com. And uh, it's out there for you and all the different platforms. So check it out. Share it with your friends. And uh, this is a good one. Thank you both for coming over. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having us, Jason.